Welcome to another epic episode of the Rebel Millionaire Podcast Show, the podcast for those revolutionary leaders, creators, geniuses, entrepreneurs, badasses who know that they are the 1% within the 1% within the 1% and are ready to freaking claim it. I'm your host, Katrina Ruth. Let's jump into the show. Okay, welcome to another episode of the Rebel Millionaire podcast show. And this is such a special and exciting episode. And I'm sure it's going to be a bit of an edgy in your face one as well for two reasons. (laughs) Number one, this is the first episode that I'm recording where I have a guest and it's not just me ranting and rambling whatever comes out of my soul and mind at you. So you get to hear from my amazing guests and just get some insights and some ask kickery in a different way. And number two reason why I know that this is going to be such a badass show is that our guest is none other than my amazing long-term client and friend, Gina Gabellini. Gina, I'm so excited to have you here with me today. I can't wait to see where the conversation goes. I'm already a bit like, okay, this is going to get interesting and in people's face. But let me do the official intro thing and then we'll get into it. Gina is a master business coach and chief rabble rouser, which if I was going to write her bio myself, I couldn't have thought of a better word to put in, knowing this woman of Masterpiece Coaching. After 25 years plus of liberating business owners from the curse of not enough and the myth of hard work pays off, Gina knows without question that you can make massive amounts of money and impact millions, even if you've been struggling for years. If you're willing to flip the switch in your thinking, chuck out the old school rules in the toilet and stay true to what lights you up and turns you on. And I love this so much, Gina, because you just exhibit that in everything you do. You shine such a brilliant light through your business, through the dusty halls of the internet, as it sometimes seems to be. And just as a person, that badass light coming through in conjunction with everything that you share and educate and inspire with. So welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited. I'm excited. I love that slight nervousness that comes with not knowing exactly where we're going to go, but knowing that it's going to be amazing. (laughs) So I want to ask you something straight away um, that I think is really unique to you. And I think it's something that a lot of people are fascinated by and feel like it's not possible. And it has to do with the fact that and we've discussed this lots of times on our calls together or in audios and so on, the fact that you are one of such a rare, teeny tiny group of people out there in the internet marketing space, in the online business space, who has managed to absolutely own her place in two worlds. And the two worlds that I'm referring to are the internet marketing make money, impact millions, you know, do that big work world, coupled with or simultaneous side by side with the own your spirituality and supernatural and manifestation and intentional life creation, truth and powers. And it seems that people tend to be more one side or the other. You know, we all know or know of plenty of internet marketing bros. And when I say bros, I'm certainly not referring only to men, but people who are just everything has to, you know, be like, the dots connected and the I's dotted and the T's crossed and this is exactly how you got to launch a market. We, we're all familiar with that process and model. We've probably all gone down that path from time to time. And then we also all know 
the model of oh, I just see it and then it happens and I just believe it and feel it and then it comes true and you know I'm just chilling with my cocktails by the pool and people are going to pay me I personally don't know too many people who that's their only approach and they're actually making money that way I think even those who fully own their supernatural spiritual intention powers doing the work but yeah as I said I I couldn't even get to five on one hand I think trying to come up with people out there who just unapologetically own it on both sides you're an unapologetically amazing consistent dedicated marketer and you're unapologetic about the fact that you get to create from what's inside of you and so I'd love to hear from you how that came about were you always you know kind of on both sides of these so-called different camps and how did it all end up blending together? Yeah, I was not that person from the beginning. I was a little scaredy cat. (laughs) I think I had to be polished, wore a suit, did... (laughs) did I can't even imagine that. (laughs) Neither can I. Very business-likey things and went to networking meetings because there was no internet. And if you were on the internet, you were just so forward thinking that you would be like, oh, there was no you know, social media or anything. So that's what we did. And I remember thinking, man, these people aren't going to take me seriously. I got to stop talking all my slang and be more professional and polished, which was painful for me. And I remember I started a radio show, like old school radio, not on the internet. And our, the person that would edit our, our tapes would say, Gina, You've got to really work on saying, uh, and, you know, like, I always say, and like this and like that. I was like, I was so stressed out after that. I thought, oh my gosh. And just all the trying to, you know, contain myself and try to be polished. I'm so not polished. I suck at that. And I remember I was going to teach a live workshop and I was at this like coaching retreat and they said, your assignment at the next workshop is to bring out your full quirkiness. I'm like, oh no, I cannot do that. This is a cash flow <laughs> seminar. These people are going to already look at me and think I'm so young because I was like early 30s. And like, that's so young. It is now. <laughs> and, and, you know, just show up. I got to be professional. These people got to take me seriously. They're like, no, you're going to go there and be quirky. I was so stressed out about letting the quirk out. <laughs> and I did it's it. And I, was like, I will never go back. I will never go back to like no more suits. None of that. I'm going to be the rocker chick with the jeans and the leather jacket because that's what I wear and that's what we're going to do. And it's been that way ever since. It was the big, it was the big breakthrough. Like, oh, oh, one important fact. It was the first time that people, I'd always seen this, but it had never happened to me. People ran to the back of the room that time, that, that time that I just let it all yeah. loose and then we're buying all the stuff. I'm like, no way. This is awesome. You're doing your offer. You were doing your offer. Yes. So when you, that's freaking awesome. I love those back of the room, run to the back of the room vibes. I'm always that first person anytime I've gone to a sales seminar, which has been a few years now, I guess. But I was always the run to the back of the room person. And it's never because of the particulars of the offer, is it? It's because people respond to your energy and they're, they're picking up what you're putting down energetically. And sure, you know, they might love the details of the offer and your offers are so badass. They're so detailed. They're so thorough. You so you know have such a high standard of excellence for what you create. But I'm sure that ever since then, the thing that people have responded to has been the way you show up and the way you be fully you. 
So do you feel like you noticed that switch straight away or what were you thinking when people started running to the back of the room? Because I'm sure you got up feeling some nervousness about, yeah, stressed out about letting the quirk out, as you said. <laughs> yeah. I felt like, oh, I get what worked. I was relaxed. I wasn't worried yeah. if anybody liked me. I wasn't worried about being on point. Oh, I had also like, it was the first time I'd played crazy music. I mm-hmm. kind of introduced the law of attraction a little bit. This is like, it was a hardcore cash flow workshop. And so I yeah. kind of brought in some of the woo, which I was a little bit yeah. nervous about too. And they all For responded. Sure. They responded. This was before the secret and all that. So it was, it was new-ish stuff to most of the people attending. I thought, oh, the more relaxed I am, the more engaged I am with them, the more there's rapport, the more I can just let it all happen instead of trying to make it happen. It was like, oh, I just show up. Okay. This works. I can do this. (laughs) Yeah. But before you went on stage, you said you were nervous or you were obviously like, oh my gosh, I, I don't know if I can do this. But it sounds like from the way you're sharing the story that you, despite that, you went out there and you fully owned it. It wasn't like you were tentatively like, here's a little piece of my quirk and then I'll tuck it away and see how you respond. Like it sounds like you just boldly went out and audaciously did the thing. Yeah, it was full on. It was full on. I went all in like it was a party. <laughs> Why? What? Why? Was it you were excited about it or you just decided to go with the assignment, so to speak, or yeah, had it been bubbling up in you anyway? Why were you able to do that? I don't feel like too many people would have been able to do it that full on the first time. I'm always up for a dare. It was, that's how I took it on like a dare. All right. The other way I came to this leadership, you know, I was in this year long leadership thing. I might as well get something out of it. And I think one of the biggest, my biggest blocks was, and it still creeps in, as you know, Uh I want it to all work. I want to make an impact. Are they going to buy into what I'm saying? Are they going to think I'm credible enough? Are, you know, that was where the whole polishedness came from. Plus I saw other people who were speaking. They were so on point. They were like, you know, what they go to the speaker trainings and all these things and they memorize what they're going to say. I'm so not that way. You aren't either, right? You just show up and you do right. your thing. That's more right. my style too. It stresses me out to try to memorize something. It, it scares the crap out of me. So yeah. I just thought, I'm going to take this on. They're daring me. All right. Once I was stepped over the line, there was no going back. That's how I usually am with the dare. You know, it's like jumping out of an airplane. I remember the first time I did it, I got to the door and I thought, oh, crap. There's a lot of space out there, <laughs> a lot of air. Well, I can't back down. There's a guy attached to my back and he's kind of, you know, pushing me out. You can't, I mean, you could. And I'm like, <laughs> I came this far. I might as well jump. <laughs> oh, look, this is fun. Okay, let's do it again. That's awesome. And it makes me think of a couple of things that are unique about you and that I love about you. And one of them is just your sense of adventure and, your, yeah, your spirit of adventure and your desire to, I guess, live live and, I'm thinking about the fact that nearly every time I open Facebook, I see Gina on a jet ski or Gina, I don't know, hanging out the edge of a plane. I don't think I've actually seen that one, but I know my mind's been so confused a few times when I'm like, hang on, she was on a jet ski yesterday and now she's skiing. What's happening? And then I think one was a Facebook ad. <laughs> but there's always adventures happening and, you know, you you set that intention and goal a few years back to get your lake house and I remember we talked about it and you were like this is what I really want I don't know if it's you know time yet or whatever and then 
you just claimed it and it just happened and it came through and you just continue to do that. I've seen you do that so many times with money and different life things where you just claim something bold and then it happens because you chose it. Um, and yeah, I see you out at the lake house with your family a lot, just living life so fully and this spirit of adventure that I kind of look at sometimes I'm like, man, she's such a daredevil. I don't know if I could do all the badass things that Gina does, but it also comes through in your business. And I think, again, it's a reason why you stand out so much amongst the, you know, people group of those who really market and show up and unapologetically market and sell that you have so many points of differences. We're not, not going to probably be able to talk about them all today. But can you speak a little bit to how you bring, I guess, that spirit of adventure and fun and quirk through and even that part of you, like you mentioned, where you were always up for a challenge and a dare? Because I feel like that comes through a lot in your launches and in your offers and in the way you run challenges and so on. There's always something that's like, you get giddy about it like a little girl. And obviously having worked with you closely for several years, I've been able to see those sides of you that maybe not everyone sees the behind the scenes of it. But I almost see that switch flick in you when you get kind of like a gleeful idea where you're like, ooh, this is going to be fun or this is going to be exciting or it's going to be an adventure. And, yeah, see that in your personal life as well as in business. Speak to that a little bit. I, I I don't know. I just I you know since I was a kid I liked truth or dare. Um, <laughs> I, I liked being on the edge. I liked being dared. Like my brother and I, he would always we would be like, oh look at you know look at that. We should do you know whatever. We should you know hang a ba right where you pull your pants down and bury your ass. And we're like yeah do it yeah do it okay. It was just whatever. So. <laughs> I like it when things are edgy. I like it. I think somebody post, one of my friends posted the other day, you know, I, she was examining like, what does success mean? And I, I wrote that moment when you get that idea and you're like, oh, hell yeah, that is so badass right. that you are just tickled with yourself for coming up with uh-huh. it. That's success uh-huh. to me. You just know it's badass. You know, it's going to tickle these people. You're tickled with yourself and you're just like, Hell yeah. I just downloaded that from my brain. That is so cool. And I just like that. If it's different, as soon as something feels the same as somebody else and I get pissed, I don't want to do it. Oh, now everybody's doing that crap. I'm not doing that anymore. I don't like that. And not for the sake of being different. I just, I just don't want to be average. I don't want to be boring. Yeah. You're speaking about being in the vibe of being fully you or, you know, just like being in your beingness to use a made up word that I like to use a lot and obviously I mean that automatically requires you to be different if you're going to be fully by definition it means you're going to be different but clearly most people or many people don't have the courage to do that even those who align to this way of showing up you know so many people listen to my podcasts and live streams and I'm sure this is true with you as well and with people who follow you and buy from you and learn from you they clearly aspire to the fact that here's this badass woman, you know, you're out there, you're delivering epic high standard five-star programs and services that help people in their coaching business and to, you know, understand how to attract you in a market to their ideal client. And so it's very kind of like outcome and structured, but that it comes hand in hand with, yeah, this ultimate beingness of Gina vibe, let's call it, and the spark and, you know, the energy. People aspire to that, not just because of the results you've created in your business for so many years now 
and that you've helped others with, but because they want to be able to shine that badass light as well. Yet clearly, as we both know, most people don't do that. They'll look at somebody like you and they'll be like, wow, she's so, you know, whatever. She's such a badass and she's, you know, out there and she's doing the damn thing, but she has this high standard as well. She's not, you know, just here or just here. She's kind of bringing it all together. I'm going to be like that. And then they don't actually do it. So my question I wanted to ask you and that I'm getting to is when you let that side of you out in business now, even after all these years, does it feel scary? Like, do you feel nervous ever when you're going into a launch and you know you're going to do something edgy or unusual or that is not normal, that's not normally done and you're getting that, you know, truth or dare vibe where you just want to do it. But does there, do you feel, I guess, any nervousness or sense of like maybe this isn't going to work or maybe I'm not being professional or proper enough? I think I do my, I think I'm more sure of myself when it feels like a dare. I think when I get all caught up in my head and doing it right, and I know because you've heard me talk like, okay, I'm I'm trying to like, okay. And you're like, yeah, <laughs> you just need to do what's going to turn you on. I'm like, oh yeah, thank you for the reminder. Thank you for the reminder. Right. I think that I get more, I'm nervous. You know, it's kind of the opposite. I, when I'm nervous, then I start getting in my head. Mm-hmm. And I'm only nervous because I'm in my head. When I'm like doing something new and crazy, then I'm excited. There's no nervousness because it, it came through spirit, right? It just came as this download. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. that's a cool idea. I'm doing that. There's no nervousness at all. Because it, I think when you're doing it for the thrill of the fun of it, it's more like an experiment. Yeah, I don't know if this will land, but it sure was fun to create. But when I'm in the, I'm trying to get it right and I'm going to make the biggest, badass, most best launch ever. That's when I totally blow things up and it sucks every time. And it's draining, right? Oh, yeah. Because you're you're just trying to get it right and you're just worried. And, and even if it's not a full-blown worry, it's like this background noise in your head that's so freaking irritating. You're just, oh, if you just feel like you're small in your own little office and ugh, just a gross feeling. <laughs> I love what a powerful reminder this is as well of the fact that none of us who are playing business at any sort of, let's say, aspirational level, which let's just own it, you are, I am, many of the people that we have as friends and clients are doing the same. No one is actually out there because they want to make their next million dollars or whatever. That's that's never our true goal. But we're human like anyone else. You're human like anyone else. And, you know, we're, we're each going to sometimes forget what it is that we're actually there for, what drives us and get into, okay, how do I make sure I hit those numbers for that launch? Or how do I make sure I keep up with the other badass cool kids or, you know, things like that. So I know you like to, you love the word conjure. You love to conjure things up. Can you share a little about how you flick that switch on your own energy to get back into conjuring up the energy and the essence of you, conjuring up the outcomes you want rather than being, as you said, in that thinking mind too much. Yeah. I think I chose the word conjure like two years ago as my word to live into for the year, my theme, maybe it was last year. And I created a program called Conjure because I'm like, I love the whole vibe of conjuring because it means I don't make it happen. I whip whatever is in my imagination, plop it down to the reality. And I decide it's like when we were talking last year, I'm like, you know, I've been wanting this cabin for a bunch of years now. 
We've had a cabin fall through. I've seen some ones that were, eh, I look, I mean, I'm looking at the real estate anytime there's something released that's new, but it, it's not happening. I'm not finding it. I, I mean, like, I don't think you've decided. I said, I don't think I've decided. I'm like, I'm conjuring it. I don't know how. I was nervous about that because I'm like, I've been looking for three years. How am I, how am I going to find a new cabin? There's not that many cabins on this very specific lake I want in this very specific area. There's 50 cabins. How often do they go for sale? Like never. <laughs> and as soon as I decided, oh, I conjure it. Okay. That's a whole different energy. It's like deciding and then beyond conjuring like, I don't need any sort of reality around this. I don't care what the history has been. I don't need to figure it out. Okay, well, this will be interesting and fun. I'm not sure exactly how this is going to happen. Mm -hmm. And in that, not only was there not a lot of places available, you know, I got a family with three boys. I'm the only girl. They use the bathroom a lot. We need two bathrooms. There's not that many cabins. There were two bathrooms. <laughs> And uh, yeah. the money you have to, you can't get a loan for these places. They're on forest land. You have to have the money like right there. And at that time, I didn't have the money right there. And it was amazing how yeah. two months later, boom, there's the cabin. It was so quick. It was crazy. It was crazy. Crazy good. And that everything followed so in quick. place. Yeah. And I've seen you do this so many times even before you started to use that word conjure. But I remember with the lake house, you were here at my house which would have been October 2019, and you'd come out to Australia for our for my private client retreat and we were sitting at my, you know, table there, you know, just in my eating area or whatever, and you were sharing that vision. And, of course, I don't remember the exact wording, but I do remember that a decision was made. It went from being a discussion about something that you wanted or hoped that you could have or that you, you know, had a tryout before to being, all right, this is just how it is. I'm deciding. And one thing I've noticed with you is that whenever you make a decision, and this is not common, I would say, because I've seen many people make decisions, but when you make a decision, you flip immediately in that moment into this relaxed, lighthearted and kind of elevated spirit energy, almost as though there's that part of you inside, which I suppose is true, who knows yeah, this is done then and let's go, you know, where's the fun vibe or where's the ride or, you know, I'm here for it now. A lot of times when people make a decision, it's followed with some sort of, well, what do I do now or some kind of like heavy energy or contractedness, even though they've really decided to draw that line in the sand and to, I guess, get past their fears or doubts or uncertainties or the fact that the money's not there or whatever it might be. You have this, I don't know if it's trained or natural ability to where, when you decide you simultaneously hand it over, and I think that's why you see things happen really, really quickly, whereas sometimes when people decide it takes longer because it's like the decision part and then the surrender and allow it to show up part and they maybe have like a gap between those two. So is that something that just hearing me, I guess, share my perspective of how I've observed it in you, does that feel like something that's innate to you, that it was always that way or you learned it? And do you teach on this at all? Three questions in one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely learned it. and But I also only have two modes. I'm either on point or I'm a crazy bitch. Like, I'm trying so hard. I'm so stressed. I feel like I'm a natural worrier. Like, kind of that's my natural kind of default place is like, I could worry about the details. How's this mm -hmm. going to work? Well, that, you know, and I'm, I'm thinking ahead and I'm in the future and not from a good place. 
So I'm either in that mode and I'm irritating myself and I'm going cuckoo, or if I've decided, I just keep reminding myself I've decided. Because I think we naturally, when we decide, then reality hits and we're like, oh yeah, but what about A, B, and C? How's that going to work? I go, oh wait, I already decided. What am I doing? I don't need to figure this out. It's already done deal. Oh yeah. All right. I'll just move on to something else now. And I think that most people get freaked out by, by timelines. I think the clock is our worst enemy. I remember I was at a crab feed and there was a big group of us and they did these fun raffles, you know, it was at the the church that we've gone to since we were little kids. And there was a, a TV and this was right kind of when I was learning about like attraction and like how, how to conjure things. And I'm like, I want that TV. And I was broke. Mm-hmm. I mean, I couldn't have bought that TV. That was when flat screen TVs first came out. You know, before then it was like, turn the dial and, and all and that. And they were really <laughs> expensive and fancy and a really big deal. They were a big deal. I'm like, I'm winning that in the raffle. That is That TV is so mine. And then my ex-boyfriend was at the table and we were still friends. And he won the ticket. I was like, what? I'm so confused right now. I did not say someone at this table. I said me, <sighs> whatever. And I, I mean, that's what I was, the conversation in my head. I was literally confused. And we left to go afterwards to my house and all our group of friends came. And Boomer, the guy who got the TV, start, he lifts it out of the back of his car and he starts carrying it in. I'm like, what are you doing? I thought maybe, I go, this is an okay neighborhood. It's not going to get stolen. He's like, Gina, <laughs> I knew from the moment I won it, it was yours. Okay. It was such a mind boggling thing. Like, oh, even when you think the game is over, game not yeah. over. I love that. And I just love how you're getting into that giddy energy as you share the story. It just made me think of a few different things in my life as well, where something didn't happen that I'd well conjured if I was using your word. I don't usually use that word. And then you just, you're like confused. You're like, this is not possible. Like I said how it was going to be. I do this all the time, even when I'm driving and I'm like, there's someone in front of me who's driving like annoyingly slow. And then I'll just kind of in my mind, I imagine that I'm moving their car. I'm like, you turn right at the next right. Off you go over there. And then even the other day I was driving up and the car didn't put its indicator on to take the turn. And I was just like, no, I already said you're going to turn right. And then at like the last possible moment, they put their indicator on to take the turn. I was like, that's right. (laughs) That's how it should be. So do you teach this at all? Like any of the things that we've talked about, because I know you teach so much that's, I guess, from a structure and outcomes and, you know, business growth that works and that's aligned and authentic for people. And I'd love to hear a bit more about that a little later and, you know, have you share with people how they can find you and so on. But I'd also like to know, do you bring into your teachings or any of your teachings in particular, the conjuring side of things? Yeah, I can't not. I feel like if I don't, I'm doing people a disservice. I mean, I see, I mean, really everything's mindset, right? It's like, it may, it's the fuel behind a strategy. It either makes it or breaks it. And I teach people how to launch online and they're, they're so in their head and they're, they're so worried about getting all the, the pieces right. And, and I'm watching them like, oh, this is not going to work. This is going to go downhill. It's not going to work because they really actually don't believe that they're going to get what they want. They have not made a decision. They are so worried that they are going to fail that every single decision they're making right now is coming from a place of fear and trying to get it right. Cause they feel like if they don't get it right, they're going to get it all wrong and mm. they're going to get it all wrong. Cause they're trying to get it right. 
Right. And it, it's painful. And it doesn't matter what, how many times I say it, it's this weird thing that happens to people in business. As soon as it comes time to market or get clients, they turn into weirdos, <laughs> right? They, what do they you mean turn by weirdos? They, they, all of a sudden, they start speaking like they don't normally speak. They start trying to be appropriate. They try to say these appropriate things that are supposed to get the sale. They try to just do all the things right. And they get, there's tension. They say the weirdest things in their, in their emails to their list. It, it's just, it's a whole weirdo show. I'm like, who are you? That is not who you are. What are you doing? Can you please send an email with the title, The Weirdo Show? Are you writing The Weirdo Show? <laughs> <laughs> but it's so true. So I guess, you know, like if you had to just bring it down to one or two key points right now for people that they could understand and, you know, make a shift with, what do you feel people need to understand about being relaxed because I know for somebody like yourself you've been you've been doing this work for decades I've been doing it for years and years as well you know many people would look at you or me or anyone who's been in the game for a minute and go well you know she has the experience the hours all of that sort of stuff and I think that's certainly part of it you just you know you drop into relaxedness through time partly but at the same time I know people I've seen people who've been in the game for years who are still being kind of like a fakey version of themselves and I've at times had people say oh you would love such and such cat you would get along great with her she's such a badass I'm like huh like is there any danger she's going to show that online then because like I would think that I would never get along with that person based on her brand so how do you share with people something that they can, whether or not they're new, they've been here for ages, what would you say to them about how to let go and just be who they actually are and to, and to trust in that? I think there's a fine line. You have to do two things. I think you have to play to win. What is the goal? So if I was, I remember the first time I did a six-figure launch, I had never done anything close. So to me, this was quite the miracle. I hadn't even done a $50,000 launch. And I just thought, okay, I'm going to try this. What the hell? Let's see. Uh-huh. So everything was planned as if it was going to be a six-figure launch. I had no idea what I was doing. I had never taken any training on online launches. I was clueless. And so every, I thought, okay, well, what would if I were really believing that this was a six-figure launch, how would I do this piece or how would I do that piece? Because I am a, we were talking about this before we went live, you know, we were talking about ha- doing hack jobs, like doing things on the fly. <laughs> that was me. I'm not a detail girl. I don't know what the hell I'm doing, but well, well, let's just try it. And I said, okay, well, and I like to move fast. So if if once I'm done with something, I'm just done. I thought, no, let's take a little bit of time here. Let's just slow down. If I was going to do a six-figure launch, would I slow down? Yeah, I'd slow down. Is that worth slowing down for six figures? Yes, it would be. So I just kept playing like that, but I wasn't attached. And I think not being attached is a very difficult thing. So the way I get over attachment, because I get attached easy, meaning Mm -hmm. I feel like I want to suffer if I don't get the results that I want. I'm going to look stupid or that means I'm not going to make the money I want. Like something bad is going to happen, which is not true. It's a made up thing, but seems really real in your head. Right. (laughs) So the other thing is I always look at everything as, well, this is an experiment. I don't know if it's going to work. So I don't have to get it right. And what I know is if I just assume that I'm always going to be okay, if this launch sucks, it won't matter because something else will come together and this year will be fine. 
Like I just had a launch that we did half, half of what we did last year. I thought I did an incredible job. I thought we did our best job ever on that launch. I'm like, oh, well, I, I have no clue why that happened. But if I looked at other things we were doing, those numbers were like triple what they're normally doing. So if I can just, even if you don't have proof, imagine it's going to, it's going to all going to come out in the wash. It'll all work out, work itself out. So I don't have to get this one right. And I think that just gives mm. you a lot of permission to go, whatever, it's an experiment. Who cares? I love it that. Might fail. I love that. Yeah. And as you said, detachment is hard. I think so few people understand how to detach, how to surrender. And I think you just articulated it perfectly. And it's such a, it's such a critical point for people to take away and to understand, you know, and, and, and I've, I've had exactly those same sort of thoughts or said things in a different way along those lines to where it's like, when you look back from the future of your business success or your life success, are you going to actually say, well, I was born to do this and this and this and make millions and impact millions, but that one launch in May 2021 really screwed me over and so therefore my whole purpose was ruined. <laughs> like it just sounds silly. And so I feel like part of the vibe of what we're talking about of conjuring and playfulness and bringing your true spirit to it is also that lightheartedness, like to talk and just, you know, kind of like, as you said, you whatever, making it whatever, making it silly, taking the power out of it in a way that actually maybe gives it its true power. Because I feel that when people are in their thinking mind or they're, they're doing the weird show, as you said, and they're just starting to act like some sort of fembot or, you know, robot, that's not normally who they are. Well, it's not even possible that their true power comes through. They might still say some great things, maybe even some transformative things, but we're not going to feel that person. We're not going to feel their true power come through. And I just see again and again, you know, whether it's in speaking to you or when I see you on my social media feed, there's an energy and a power that comes through that does transcend, you know, the message. The message itself is freaking powerful. The offers are freaking powerful. But again, as I've referenced a few times, the thing that makes it different and makes it unique is, surprise, surprise, you, you letting yourself be you. I'm going to ask you a question now that is maybe a little bit more personal about you or about your insecurities and, you know, humanness that we all have. Is there anything that you are still wanting to bring into fruition in your business, in your life that you've not yet, you know, claimed, you've not yet conjured? And that you notice yourself, I guess, going down a pathway of thinking now. And then how do you actively pull yourself out of that? Or does it just sometimes take time until you sort of catch it and notice it and then go back into what you know to be true? Mm. <laughs> well, I, I, as you know, I just had this wild hair idea the other day about, I think I just need to do a membership. And so I'm like, really? I guess it's like I'm, you get so used to, and I am so used to this certain way of launching things all the time. It's just what I do. I feel more alive when I'm launching things. It's like a rush. <laughs> it's the excitement. It's the tension. It's the get to create something new. I'm like, but I do want, I, I do don't want to be launching all the time because I'm a, like a content machine. And some days I just don't want to be a content machine. I could do it. It doesn't mean I want to do it all the right. time. And I'm like, well, ooh, I started thinking about it the other day. What would life be like if I just had my high-end offer, a couple little things sprinkled throughout the year, and then a membership? I'm like, would I get bored? 
I started worrying, I might get bored. There's all these great things about a membership. Well, what if I got bored? Like, Gina, you can stay on your edge. It's okay. Like, there's that dance between being too busy and being bored. And I think it's it's a pattern like I have to break where I, I can still, I don't have to be busy all the time to keep the excitement. I can keep the excitement within the container of the membership. So this is something I was playing mm-hmm. with. I'm like, oh, look at me trying to block myself from my success and more space because I think I'm going to get bored as if that's even possible. It's not. I'll get bored for a second and then I'll, you know, I'll up level it in some way. So there's that. And there's the, I had this interesting session with somebody the other day. I was the client and I was talking about, I don't know if I said I want to be famous or something like that. And they said, no, you don't. I'm like, you're right. I actually don't. I just want it to be such that I just, oh, there's another offer. And all the people I want to impact just, you know, they just show up, they get it. And I was like, oh, that is what I want. It's it's the feeling of just being in my essence, doing the work for the fun of it, for the thrill of it. Mm-hmm. And and people sign up. I don't really care about being famous because I'm not even a selfie person. I, I hate being the star of the show. I just want to do mm-hmm. my work. I just want to do my thing. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. Like, stop saying you even want to be famous because you actually don't. Mm-hmm. That's such a lie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We just get sidetracked by things, I think, whether they're kind of common goals in the industry or something you picked up over the years and then it takes whatever it takes to suddenly step outside of it and be like, huh, that's not the actual thing. Same as what we were talking about before when you're, you know, working on a launch and then you're getting really caught up in the numbers and how much money you want to make or think that you have to make and then at some point that switch flicks and it's like, oh, that's not the thing. That's not actually why I do it. And then that drop into you happens, magic comes out. Can you share a little bit about why people would work with you? What would be the reason that people need to come into your programs, whether it's a particular, you know, offer that's one of your core offers or just in general, why people want and need to be in your space? I think you nailed it earlier, which I felt very honored with the way that you were describing me, is that there's a container, there's a process, there's a like, hey, here's how you do this specific thing. And you get to break all the rules. You get to create from, like, if you've decided you get to have it, then you get to create it that way. You don't have to play by the rules. Like, I'm not really on social media. I am on my personal profile. I suck on so I don't even, I don't even remember Instagram is there. I'm so proud of myself when I post. I'm like, oh, my first post in a week or two weeks. I, I just forget it's there. I'm not on TikTok. On Clubhouse, I got excited. And then I'm like, I don't have time for that. I just don't. I got yeah. small, you know, I got kids like yeah. you. And I'm like, yeah, I can't remember all these things. Right. And <laughs> so, and, and I always, I think I'm just a good permission giver. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. you want to do it that way? Hell yeah. We can monetize anything. So, and I, yeah. I really encourage people to stay, stay in the comfort zone. Not that you're not going to try new things, but stay in your comfort zone and be like, yeah, this is the way I roll. Mm. This is just how I show up. You're like such a great example of that. That's why I was attracted to you. I'm like, look at her. She's even more wild than me. I like this. <laughs> like she's yeah. at full permission, like even more permission than me. Like she makes me look like a wimp. I got to give myself more permission to just do it my way. Like, oh yeah, just do it that way. Why not? That's the way I'm most comfortable. It's like, you're like that on steroids. And um. <laughs> I think that my super, my super strength is I truly, I'm not just saying this. I truly believe that when my client says they want something, I'm like, yeah, of course, 
Like, I don't, yeah, I don't, it doesn't that. even occur to me that you can't have that. Of course you can. It's ridiculous to mm-hmm. think that you can't. That's not normal. Of course you get to have that. That's so good. And I think permission and belief in our clients and in life itself is just so powerful. And so many people have never been given permission, not by anybody else and not by themselves. And exactly as you said, you just out there giving people permission and giving them a grounding and a container that can help them to find their way. And that's just an unstoppable combination. So I have two more questions for you. The first one is if you had to just bring it all back, you've heard me talk about my megaphone exercise, yeah, probably, maybe. The megaphone exercise. I used to talk about this a lot. Yeah, I've heard all of your stories, I think. But (laughs) (laughs) Come on, you should remember all my stories. (laughs) Um, I used to use this exercise a lot years ago. Maybe I don't speak about it so often anymore, but I'm going to give you the megaphone exercise. So the megaphone exercise is... You're on a big balcony, like imagine, I don't know, Prince William and Princess Kate offering their baby up to the world. A big balcony up high and there's just tens of thousands of people below. In fact, the entire world is below this balcony and they're looking to you and you've got, you know, a megaphone, but you've got one minute to just share with all these people what it is that they really need to understand about life. You know, the thing that if you're walking down the street or through the mall or through the internet and you just feel like, oh, you want to shake people and be like, don't you understand? This is what it's all about. So if you just had one minute and whether or not it takes a minute now, however long it takes, it's fine. What is it all about? What do you feel like people just need to understand this? I think it's all about the feel good. I think if it, if it feels good and you desire it, then it's never going to be wrong. You're always going to be led and be on purpose. And we just need to have fun. It's just about fun. That's it. And fun doesn't mean like I like to do, I do like to do crazy things and be adventuresome, but it's really just about fun could be, you know, I went out to, we had dessert for dinner the other night with my son and I was like, yeah, I'm just having a good time with my son. This is nice. It was mellow. And it, mm. it's all should just be fun, especially in business. I think that a lot of people save their spirituality and their fun and their depth for after hours versus when they're in the process, in the muck. Like I said before, don't be a weirdo marketer. (laughs) Come from a place of, I'm in my jam. This just feels good. And if it feels good and right to me, it's going to be right and perfect for my people. Totally. And it's going to be so magnetically attractive, which is exactly why you have such a successful business and such a huge impact. So final question, how can people find you? Obviously, maybe not on Instagram all the time since you don't forget about it. <laughs> but yeah, don't personal message me there because God knows you'll be waiting for a long time. Right, you heard it. Don't DM her on Insta. Where can they come hang with you and get into your space? Yeah. If you go to moreclientsnow.com or it might be moreclientsnowtemplate.com, either one I think takes you there. More clients now. We'll find the link. We'll drop it in the notes. Perfect. Kind of going off everything we were saying today, you'll get a template that you should use every day. And it really is to get you in the flow. And I think that you will, you know, less than five minutes a day, you will get in the flow and remember what's most important instead of getting in our head. Head is a dangerous place. There's There's a place for it. But not when you are, you know, in that client attraction mode or creation mode. That's not mm. the place for it. It's all heart. 
I agree fully and that's why I love working with you, love getting to speak to you, loved this, so many golden takeaways. I feel like we need to get this transcribed and create a bunch of one-liners from Gina. There was just so much golden fire in here. So thank you for coming on and sharing a bit of your rebel rousing and a bit of your epic, epic soul and truth for people. I know that there's going to be so many ahas from this episode. Thanks again. Thank you. It was fun. Thank you so much for joining me in another episode of the Rebel Millionaire podcast show. It has been my honor and absolute pleasure to get to participate with you in the download, in the dropping in and in the kicking your butt back to soul, certainty and truth. I do have a little free gift for you if you want to head on over to thekatrinaruthshow.com forward slash podcast free gift and check out what we've got there for you. And I also want to give a little shout out to the amazing people who leave me reviews and written reviews on the podcast here. I appreciate you so much. I'm so grateful to you for taking that time, showing the love and sharing with others why they might want to listen along as well. In fact, my team are going to take over from me in just a moment and jump into a few shout outs. So over to you guys. So today's five-star review is from Live Life Candidly, where she's written, absolutely amazing. I've read a few of Katrina's books and decided to check out her podcast. I was not disappointed. While her episodes are very thought-provoking, they also force the listener to be honest with themselves about the topics she discusses. I highly recommend her podcast for anyone seeking to be their truest self. Thanks for that awesome review. And to all our listeners, feel free to leave a review for your chance to get shouted out on one of our next episodes.